Welcome to your best bets. Feeling very patriotic this week as it is the Olympics. Uh, Later in the show, we're going to have to discuss some some of our favorite traditional Olympic events as well as preview the golf in the Olympics this week. Uh, We'll also review the 3M Open where we saw Cam Champ get his third career victory, talk a little player of the year, and of course, catch up on Colin Morikawa. Joining me this week, once again, Johnny Strauser. Johnny, what's up? Good to be here again. A little sad that the majors are already over here and we haven't hit August, but uh, we got some good events coming up here and looking forward to seeing how these ones play out. Yeah, uh, not quite the fifth major this week, but if the fifth major, according to some, uh, Joaquin Neiman, I saw he he said this is like his fifth major. Abe Answer said it's a pretty big tournament. I don't think we get quite the same vibe from, like, uh, say, Roy or McElroy, who looked pretty miserable to be there in photo I saw this week. Um, so can't wait to talk about the Olympics and kind of what is the meaning of it and, you know, how important it is to certain guys uh, obviously, before we get to that, we got to catch up on 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 what's recently happened on the tour, and we'll talk about uh, the Open after we talk about the 3M Open. Uh, Cam Champ, third career victory at the age of 26. Uh, Johnny, can you tell me off the top of your head how many top tens Cam Champ has had in his career? I I'm going to guess. Let's see if he's got three wins. I think. And I may have heard this. I think it's about seven is all. That's um, that's that's spot on, spot on. Seven yeah. career top tens, and three of them are victories. Um, my my favorite thing that I saw on Twitter this week was uh, Kyle Porter from CBS stating that Cam Champ now has more career victories than Tony Finau and Louis Oosthuizen combined. Um, what a what a career Cam Champ is. Uh, sort of carving out. I mean, if you talk about a guy that's been pretty much off the map this season and he kind of pops up and he gets in contention once in a while and he, he kind of wins almost, I don't want to say every time, but quite a bit when he's in contention, that's a pretty impressive feat for a guy that's not around the lead a ton. Well, yeah, I mean, he doesn't, you know, he's not getting those reps as, a guy who's playing in the final group, the final two groups, the final three groups consistently. I mean, the, the lack of top tens is, is almost a concern because that's where these guys, you know, generally earn their FedEx cup points and, and uh, you know, they earn a job for next year and that's where they make their money is, is not necessarily winning. Um, that, that provides more, more long-term, um, you know, benefits, but yeah, for a guy who's only finished in the top 10, seven times, every time it seems like he's actually been in contention as like a leader. I mean, you can kind of trust him. He just, he gets in that zone and, and uh, you know, he had a couple um, you know, three, four, five footers, the last nine holes there that, you know, that uh, you know, you, you generally, you know, if you saw like you mentioned Tony Finau guy, who's a little bit shaky with the putter um, he looked as confident as can be over those putts. And it was like, okay, well that's, that's pretty interesting. You know, 
a guy that you can kind of have faith on if he gets in contention like that, or if he, if he gets the lead, it's just getting him to that point. And, and, you know, we look at this a lot of times from a betting aspect, he's a really, really tough guy to bet because you don't have that faith that he's going to, you know, he's, he's going to, you know, finish top 10 or finish top five. And you just don't know. It's hard to pick when he's actually trending. I know you had mentioned um, Sunday um, that, uh, that uh, he had some pretty good play coming into it. So, I mean, there is, there was reason to, to place a flyer on him, but you know, he's, he's kind of tough to predict. And, and I think he's going to be that way for his whole career where he's, he might win six, seven times, you know, three or four more times here on out, but he's still, I think he's going to lack that top 10 because he's going to be that all or nothing type player. Yeah. Uh, to follow up on a couple of those points you made, uh, definitely ultimate boomer bust player. Uh, I, I, we kind of joke, Sibu Kim is that guy, but it might be camp champ because um, he's had, I don't know the stats, but I mean, a slew of miscuts this season, his last top 10 was last October at the Zozo. Um, and we know he's got one superb premium skill and outside of that, there, there hasn't been a lot going on uh, outside the top 200 in putting. Uh, 199 in strokes gained around the green, 162nd in strokes gained approach. So besides off the tee, he's really a below average player. But um, he has that ability to pop and get really hot with the putter. First in putting this week, gained over eight strokes on the green. Um, and he has now won in each of the last three seasons. Um, and the only other guys to do that are Morikawa, Rahm, and, and Bryson. I guess under 27 years old, those are the other three guys. So it's a pretty elite company. Uh, and he's now in the top 15 in the FedEx Cup standings. He'll, be, you know, be in the playoffs, potentially, you know, with a decent run and could get to the Tour Championship. It's, it's amazing how a win can change, uh, can, can change things. Um, and we mentioned Boomer Bust, so luckily I, I did bet uh, Cam Champ pre-tournament. I got him at plus 8,000. I didn't have – I just kind of saw his number, kind of liked how he played at the John Deere a couple weeks ago. And uh, I thought, you know, this course has a, a – you know, I don't want to say a strong premium on driving, but I knew there was some corollary to success of, of recent players uh, winning that tournament, like a Matthew Wolf two years ago. So I got lucky with, with, with champ for sure. I was losing my mind on the 18th hole yesterday when he's up to, and he pulls driver. I didn't quite understand that at all. And he really defended it after the round and it still didn't make sense to me. Um, I don't know if he knew where he stood or not, but if he did, if he didn't, that's exactly why you need to be aware of where you were on the leaderboard. Um, there's no reason on earth for him to hit driver when really, uh, I mean, just it's a, make it a three shot hole and make, make a, make a par. So uh, he made that pretty entertaining at the end. Um, what else from the 3M open uh, besides, besides Cam Champ just coming out of nowhere and winning? Uh, Oost Hazen again with another runner up. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy how often this is happening now. Yeah. Um, just a remarkable just run here between the majors and, and this last event here where he's got that consistent play just, you know, for, for one reason, two reasons or another, it just can't, can't close out these wins. And, and you got to think at some point he's, he's going to pull it off and he's going to win, but maybe, maybe not. I mean, maybe it's just going to be one of those things where he, he's going to finish the runner up and just can't, 
get over the hump there um, in the United States there. But, you know, just remarkable to contend at the Open Championship and come back uh, um, over back into the United States and, and play as well as he did and, you know, almost – almost uh, um, hold out the hold out that wedge shot on 18, which would have got him to 14 under. And I think that would have kind of changed the game a little bit for champ on that last hole, you know, whether he knew he had a two shot lead or not there, but you know, that, that's some pretty amazing play there. Um, I really thought coming into the final round that it was going to be Cameron Tringali's day. It just felt like it was just like, you know what, he's going to have to break through and and win an event finally and he was kind of hanging in there and made triple what kind of middle of his back nine mm-hmm. there and just yeah yeah just killed himself there but uh um you know there was i don't think as far as storylines i mean there were some interesting names that had popped up that uh, i think are playing in the olympics here so you know kind of interesting to see some of these guys playing well and to see what kind of momentum that they're going to be taking into, into Tokyo here this week and seeing if they could end up contending, uh, you know, for a medal. Uh, Louis Uste is in his fifth top three finish in his last seven starts. That's uh, it's a pretty impressive run of golf. And, and it's, it's almost comical now how close he's getting and, and, and the amount of times he's he's near the lead on a Sunday and still not winning. Uh, still never won in the U.S. and uh, one career PGA Tour win, and that's the 2010 Open. Um, he is now top 10 in the world, though, so he's got that going for him. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot else on the 3M. Um, I just kind of I kind of I kind of laugh when you mentioned, you know, Cameron Trigali. I know we talked about him once or twice on this podcast. Uh, um, I th- doesn't he isn't his claim to fame the most most career money won without a win? Is that correct? Yes, I, I'm I'm pretty sure he he eclipsed that. Oh boy, was it one, it was one of the Texas events or something like that that he contended in, and he needed a top something finish, and I think he finished that and uh, uh, became the all time money leader. I'm pretty sure for uh, for guys who've never won. See, I, I have to see where he's at now on the career money list. Um, uh, one other takeaway I had while I looked that up was uh, for a second on Saturday, uh, Ricky Fowler looked like he was, I mean, he mm-hmm. was really, he was really vibing. He had the lead for a second. I know the leaders hadn't gone off or they were early in their round. Um, pretty much fell apart um, on 18 on Saturday. And um, I think he's right at 125 on on the uh, at the points the point standing is right now and obviously um he, he'll have the choice next week where, with the wgc if he wants to play the opposite field event at barracuda but kind of feels like he has barracuda, to or yeah. he should i mean he, i know he's got an exemption career money list exemption he could rely on next season but um so fowler's kind of trending he's popping up a little more um but there's always one or two holes in the tournament now that's kind of ruining his his chance for uh you know a top five or, or even a win um, yeah did you did you see that strokes gained putting stat that they i think they showed it multiple times there and i don't know what it is off the top of my head uh he wears now prescription sunglasses oh that's what and his strokes gained for several months or something like that was like like my, you know, negative 21 or something like that. And since he's had the, the prescription glasses, 
uh, sunglasses. I think he's at like 17 point something strokes gained total. So, you know, it's one of those things that's probably struggled uh, making putts, you know, because, uh, you know, reading greens like that. And, and I'm a guy who plays with uh, prescription sunglasses um, or my regular glasses, but prescription sunglasses. And if I have to take them off, um, like if it's raining, raining, uh, raining really, really hard, or, you know, if, it's, if my glasses, I where I can't see out of them and I got to go regular, I can't see the break at all. So I, I wonder if this is kind of a, uh, you know, we kind of figured out, you know, opened a door here to, to, to help him feel a little bit more comfortable because yeah, he shot, he was playing pretty well that Saturday. I uh, played well, what Thursday, not very good Friday, Saturday. He was humming along real good. But I think it was like bogey, 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 par triple on that uh, tough 18th hole par five, but uh, you know, kind of shot himself out of contention, but uh, interesting to see though, that he, you know, he made that adjustment just in something like that. And I, I think that's something that's legit that, uh, you know, might end up helping him go forward here. I didn't know. I didn't know that was uh, the case with the uh, prescription sunglasses. I saw he had been wearing them, um, so I didn't know if that was a kind of kind of change happened. But that makes sense. Um, yeah, it might cor- correlate to some better play, and he can actually see now. I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of a big deal. Um, I, I want to circle back to Champ. You mentioned career wins, like you know, you said six, seven. Could he mm-hmm. could he end up with double digits? Yes. I, I think I was kind of, I didn't want the, I probably could have said something like 10, but I didn't want the, the immediate Phil Miller reaction there. Um, my, I think he could easily win, win something like that. I mean, he's, he's won smaller field events. I'm not sure, you know, if you put him in like Memorial or, you know, something like that, will, will he end up winning those? But I mean, a PGA tour events, a PGA tour event, you're still, you're still going to win it there, but yeah, I could easily see him. Uh, Cause what is he only 26 years old? I mean, right. you know, he's got another 10, 15 plus right. years of, of real good golf. I mean, the question is, is, is could he ever show up in like, like the masters seems like a course that he could win on or that he could get around on pretty good because of his distance there. Could he ever, you know, could his best putting and ball striking in a week, if he brought it to Augusta, I mean, can he have the physical and mental game to, to, to win? Cause he played pretty well at, uh, I think the last masters or was it the fall one? Uh, but, it was the, uh, it was the PGA out of Harding park. He was in the mix on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That was the Harding yeah. one. So, I mean, yeah. could, could he end up winning something, uh, you know, yeah. 10 years from now? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you could definitely envision something happening where he, he, Puts similar to how he did this week, and he he hits it a mile, and his iron plays at least above average. Um, that would probably be the formula for him. Um, but I could definitely see double digit wins. I mean, if he's already got three, he's got like you said, ten to fifteen years. I mean, the guys can play now until you know be really competitive into their early forties. Um, uh, so seven more wins, and you know some of the weaker fields. Um, yeah, Cam Champ, pencil it in over nine and a half career wins. Um, I usually just hand out a bunch of wins to all these guys and career majors, and we'll talk about Morikawa, and I've already got him penciled in for like eight, I think. Um, uh, so, yeah, 3M, that's about all we need to talk about with that. It's one of those tournaments where you could probably do without, but i got to say I probably enjoy it more than the Olympics this week. Um, uh, 
but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, so we had, we we didn't didn't record a show last week to review uh, Colin Morikawa winning a second major, taking the Open uh, a couple weeks ago over Spieth and Ustazen and Rom. It was uh, you know it was just one of those tournaments. It was a really really solid tournament all the way through i thought um it was it was a good watch especially on sunday you had a lot of stars up there um and you had the sort of the full jordan spieth circle coming coming back from you know the 17 open and his comeback almost making it fully complete four years later um but morikawa is just a stud um I, I wanted. I, I almost queued the clip up, Johnny, of me stating the one guy not to win, and me saying Colin Morikawa is not going to win this tournament. <laughs> and you and Dave were just like, "Oh, yeah, I can see that. That's he's definitely not going to win." Um, so I said it, but you guys also agreed. Um, I guess I wasn't. I wasn't. I, I was a little surprised the conditions were going to be as American-like as they were, the wind didn't play a factor at all. And he didn't really have to worry about getting up and down that much, at least until Sunday. And then he proved his medal around the green and, um, and he really made some, some really nice up and downs and some really solid 10 footers. And I couldn't be more impressed. Yeah. I, I think you brought up, uh, I mean, something that really needs to be noted here for this open championship is the, the lack of winds, the lack of weather um, that really Americanized the, the golf course. And I'm not going to say that had the wind blown that Morikawa would you know, end up losing or winning that golf tournament or if that would have changed it at all. But having the, the calm conditions, I mean, really, really played into his hands. It is a different type of golf over there. And, and he, he's obviously a guy who could think his way around the golf course. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's something that, uh, I was, I, I was surprised to see how well he made putts and how, how kind of mentally, mentally tough that he was on Sunday. Cause he kind of hung in there and, you know, played, played good the first you know few days there and had Jordan Spieth coming at him. Um, you know, Usain was pretty, pretty okay. The first, you know, the front nine of that final round there. And then it just, uh. Uh, he had a couple times where he you know, hit a hit a chip shot or or whatever, or hit an iron shot and have 20, 25, 30 feet for par or birdie. I don't think he missed a putt that he had to make. Or that yeah. I mean, every single putt it seemed like. And you know, when his putting is just a little bit a little bit better than average, I mean, he's uh he's a tough guy to beat there. Uh, I think it really uh really was critical that Spieth was not in the final group there. Um, you know, he, he kind of, you know, pissed down his leg there on 17 and 18 on Thursday or on, on excuse me, on Saturday mm-hmm. and, you know, missing that short putt there to keep him out of the final group. But I think that would have kind of changed it a little bit there because, you know, Jordan Spisa, he he's an alpha dog there and he, he probably could have kind of controlled how that round would have went uh, on Sunday had he been paired with Morikawa, but you know, it just obviously didn't work out that way. And, and, and speed played great, you know, for the most part with just a couple of little errors, he's back, but really impressed with how Morikawa was able to hang in there. Speed officially, he is officially back. Um, yeah. And we talk about the razor thin margins all the time. And I saw something or I heard something, you know, the, the speed 
three, three and a half footer he missed on Saturday on 18, combined with the Morikawa birdie on 14 on Sunday, the one that was like 20 feet up the hill where he left it. He left his approach on the par five a little short of the, of the top ridge, and he made that foot, that putt. Those two things combined were, it was less than a 1% chance of happening. So wow. 99, 99 times out of 100, Spieth makes that putt and Morikawa does not make that putt and you have a playoff. Um, so that's how, that's how close all of this is, especially in a major championship. Um, no, I, Morikawa, I was thinking about this. I think he's the guy that I want JT to be. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. or, I, or I think JT should be. And I don't want to make this about Justin Thomas, but I think I, I think I might have picked him in like three of the four majors this year on the podcast. <laughs> I think I might have. Um, but Morikawa's, I, I, you just you can you can say it without fail. He's the best iron player on tour since Tiger, um, and the stat the stats are they easily bear it out. Um, and I think I saw that the gap from him to Paul Casey, who's second in strokes gain approach this year is that the gap is as big as it is from Casey to the 50th best player on approach. So he, he is the best iron player by a wide margin this season. He's been the best player uh, iron player since he came on tour. And now, like you said, and, and we've said it several times, if he puts above average, I mean, even above average, he may win. And if he puts like he did at the open, he's probably going to win most of the time. Um, so the, I like to talk career trajectory, of course. Um, I mean, we're talking just, I think, was that his 50th start or just over 50 starts? And he has five wins, two majors at WGC. Um, at the age of 24, it's, I, and I did, I think we've probably talked about this with Speeth before. Um, I know when Rory won four majors in such a short time span, um, we did it with him as well. But it's hard to envision Morikawa not winning a bunch of these. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, you're right. I think with the, the Rory thing, you know, with, uh, with his hot of a start that he had to his career, and then he's kind of, you know, obviously plateaued or leveled off or, or whatever that, you know, you got to kind of pump the brakes on it. But, but really, though, Colin Morikawa, the way he approaches a golf tournament and the, the way that uh, he approached the Open Championship here, I mean, what, what is kind of an underrated thing here is, is that he – just before the week started, he actually switched some of his irons out just for this week, just because he didn't like the way that they were, they were taking divots. I mean, he didn't like the, the, the ground pattern that he was getting, um, you know, on each of his strikes and he knew he was going to have a lot of those irons going in. So he, you know, he, I think he really thinks his way through a, through an event, through a, through a round of golf and, not only is he, you know, the best iron player since Tiger, you know, so he's got the physical talent there. He's not going to, uh, you know, he knows himself enough where he's not going to just rest on, on his ability there. He's always looking for that, that little bit of an edge and that type of, you know, when you got the mental game, then that where he's not like talking himself out of doing stupid things, he's just trying to use his, his abilities there and and trying to tweak it ever so slightly i mean the the guy's got you know the you can use the cliche term the sky's the limit but i mean he could win he could get to double digit majors if if uh you know if he if he keeps playing this way 
And, and, you know, if, if uh, I just, I was just so impressed, like I said, on, on how he took to this, I mean, he'd never played golf in uh, um, the United Kingdom before until he played the Scottish open. So that was his first interaction with, uh, you know, with the Lynx golf and he wins, he wins the, the, the second time he plays it in, in this type of golf course. And we had talked about before this, the, the event started, how it's different than, than the American golf. So, you know, I think uh, I, I, I think he could win, win a whole bunch. And I, you know, we talked about this and I, I'm going to keep riding it that uh, we talked right before Kapalua this year in January, I said he was going to win the most events in the next 10 years because I, I I thought because of the way his physical game was, but now that I see that uh, he's got possibly a mental edge here, that he's not making changes just to make changes or he's not settling on things just to settle on stuff that he's actually, you know, he's got his golf game's best interest in mind. That, that's something that really, really impressed me. And, and I, I think that he, like if Justin Thomas were to kind of, I don't know if he were to kind of more, more, prepare i don't prepare mentally but understand what his faults are what his strengths are not just try to overpower a golf course based on talent i think that's kind of what jt gets a little bit of is he's so good in in just about every facet that he just he's got this this kind of block right now where he just thinks is you know i think where he just assumes the talent is going to override everything and and i think if he you know approached a, a tournament week more like Morikawa has, especially with these wins here, I, I think that he could be the guy who, you know, <laughs> you that Colin Morikawa currently is. Um, so a couple of things. So I think you gave Morikawa 10 now. Is it 10 majors? Is that what you said? I, I think I said 10. Yeah, I, I, said, I, said, he I, could I, get, I said he could get to double digits. I just want to be clear that the only guys to reach double-digit majors in history are Tiger, Jack, and Walter Hagen. So uh, basically, his his ceiling is is you know third or fourth most majors ever is is what you just said I, without saying it. Um, well, and, and and I don't and I don't disagree. Um, I I think I think you made a good point with um, his his mental. Uh, ability and how he thinks his way around a golf course now is um and i think it's right up there with speed and tiger i really do um i don't think he's not he i don't think he's getting enough credit for that um and something really impressive to me that um i don't i, I was thinking about this the other day was he beat in the open probably the three other best players of 2021 rom uh and speed i mean i i would say without argument those those three guys and himself have been the four, the best four players uh, this calendar year. Um, that's, I mean, that's pretty impressive when you can go toe to toe with the guys that are playing the best and, and beat them. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm insanely impressed with Morikawa. I, I think, um, I think his game actually lines up great for us open. Um, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if the masters would be the toughest one for him to get, Um for the career grand slam. Um, I've already given them, given them a U.S. open here, but um, I mean, the, the putting at the masters might, might be, a, might be a problem, but 
he mentioned it as well. He has these spike weeks, though, where, you know, statistically he's a below average putter. We talk about strokes gained putting all the time, and he really struggles, but he also has these spike weeks where um, he's one of the best putters that week. It happened uh, at the WGC at the concession um, where he was the best that week. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm for the rest of the golf season, I'm going to talk and see how many times we can mention the concession. Yeah, we Just, need a counter or something like that. <laughs> just to throw it in there. Um, but he did it again at the open. So he's, he's kind of this guy where, yeah, statistically he's not great, but it seems like when you have to rise to the occasion um, and to the moment on the back nine on the Sunday in a major, he's done it twice now in his young career. So, um, you know, I'm okay with him being a below average putter uh, most of the time. And then, you know, for the majors, he really steps it up. Um what was your, in your mind, what was the best major this year? Was it the Open or was it the PGA? Ooh. Or I guess you could go off the board and go with the Masters or the U.S. Open. Well, I I mean, the the Open Championship, it was, it, it, it did have drama, but it was, it was kind of Morikawa that was, uh, uh, you know, kind of outran the field there. Although I think if John Rahm had, like nine, 10, 11, 12 more holes to play. Um, I, I think he, we, we could be, could have been talking about John Rob winning two, two in a row there, but uh, um, it was probably, I mean, it was probably the, the, the PGA just because it was, uh, it, it was Phil Mickelson at, at 51 years old. And, you know, yeah, Brooks Kepka, who is the, you know, at, at this time, one of the more prolific, you know, major winners currently right now, chasing him down and everything. And I think that was, that was uh, amazing in itself. And just, you know, Nicholson hitting big drives down the, down the stretch and, and, you know, making putts. I thought that was, uh, that was probably the, probably the best one. I mean, unfortunately the masters this year with, with Hideki just kind of running away with it. You know, I think, uh, you know, I I think culturally and and all things else, that's probably the biggest because of you know first Japanese player to uh, to to win a major championship. But uh, as far as like from a viewing standpoint, I mean, I got to go with the, the uh, PGA Championship at Kiwa with uh, with Mickelson winning. Yeah, I I agree with everything you said. I, I think uh, historically that that moment will, it, it, it rivals what we saw in 2019 with Tiger. Um, what we saw in, well, we didn't see it, but 86 with Nicholas. Um, and, and just the hysteria around, you know, the 18th hole. And it, it, when you're watching it, it just felt like you were watching history. It's one of those few moments that when you're watching golf or sports, you feel uh, kind of privileged to be watching it. You feel excited to be part of it. Um, and not, not that that wasn't the case with Morikawa, but it just didn't have the historical relevance that Phil winning did. Um, but uh, so that would, that would have been my top one as well. The U S open, I, comes in last for me because um, I know that when we started the back nine, it was kind of, it's kind of a nice leaderboard. You had Bryson, Rory and, and, and Rom. Um, I think prior to that though, the, the, the whole, I don't know, the prior 63 holes felt a little uneven. Um, you had, you had like your Dick Bland up there and Russell Henley and um I had to throw Dick Bland in. They had to throw uh, Dick Bland. <laughs> it's a, it'll be the Dick Bland counter versus the concession counter for the year. Um, but that one will be will be a, a, in fourth for me, and then um, 
but yeah, the PGA was hard to top for sure. Um, what else do we got? Ryder Cup. Okay. How are you feeling about the U.S. Ryder Cup team as we sit here uh, about two months away from from uh, the Ryder Cup starting? I, I personally don't feel, as, as, as a fan of the United States team, obviously, I do not feel good about it at all. I, thank God it's a home game. But, man, I, you know, with, with the, the DeChambeau and, and Kepka, you know, little pit, petty feud that they got going on here and, and you know, just seeing kind of there's not a whole lot of – you know, great play from a lot of the American players right now that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of got me concerned here. Um, I think it's going to be a real good end up being a real good match. Um, but I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've, I saw the international team or the, the euros at, uh, at plus money and I've already taken a bite out of them at plus money there. So it's just, Ooh. wow. Yeah. It's, it's just, I mean, these, these 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 European guys, and and I think that I think team chemistry makes it makes a difference when you find guys to play with, because these guys anybody can basically play with anybody, and then you've got on the American team. I mean, the only guy who can play with anybody. Well, I mean, you got a couple guys who can play with anybody. You know, Dustin Johnson, he can play with anybody, but he can't play when playing with anybody. I mean, his team record. His, his uh, four ball enforcement record can't be that good. And then Webb Simpson's probably the best team guy that you've got, but he's got to play babysitter to the, you know, the, whoever the biggest douchebag on the, the uh, American team, at, you know, every single time. So it's just like, I don't, I think the mix of the European guys versus the American guys, I think that really does make a difference. And we're, it's going to be good because it's going to be, you know, the crowds are going to be there. So it's going to be, you know, pro-American. It's going to be loud. It's, you know, it's going to be everything I think that we're going to, we're going to hope for. But I mean, if, if anybody out there listening to this thinks that, that uh, the Americans have an advantage, uh, you, I, I can't imagine them being right at this point. It feels like the gap is, is, closer than it was say three months ago, six months ago. Um, if you look at the point standings of the, of the U S team, I, you could argue four of the top six guys are just not playing very good golf. DJ Bryson, uh, JT and Xander. Uh, Xander might be a, that you could argue he's not playing terrible, but um, I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, the, the, the form of the team coming in feels off. Um, there's definitely questions on the picks. I want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But and then some of this, the discourse, you know, with Brooks and Bryson, you know, or are DJ and Brooks, are they still on the outs? Um, is Reed going to be on the team? If Reed's on the team, who the hell does he play with? Do you just stick him with Bryson? Well, maybe that might be kind of an interesting pairing. I don't know. Um, you know, there's so many questions. What 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 is the uh, what is the odds right now? Is it like US minus one fifty or something? It was like it was about one fifty. Um, yeah, because I think the I think the European team was only at like plus one twenty five, something like that. Let's see if I can yeah. find that out here. Yeah. Um, but 
so the you know we talked about the top six: Morikawa, DJ, Bryson, Brooks, JT, Xander. Um, even if Xander, he's pretty close to falling out of the top six, and with with Spieth passing him. So either way, Xander and Spieth will both be on the team. That's that's your seven guys for sure. Yeah. Um, I think there's a pretty strong case that Harris English should be on this team. I think there's a pretty strong case that Cantley should be on this team. I don't know if you agree with those two, but in my mind, I feel like you have a sure nine guys. Um, the read, the read issue is, is really fascinating because if he's, if he has none of the incidents that he's had and um, you know, the 18 Ryder cup calling out Furick and, you know, complaining about the lack of the pairing with Spieth and then the 19 president's cup that mess with, um, you know, his caddy, you know, getting in fights and all kinds of crazy shit. If he has none of that, you're, you know, based on his record alone, he's, he's probably an automatic, but team chemistry is so important. Is he going to be a disruptor that, to that? Um, but guys like Fino doesn't seem like such a sure thing. Webb, you mentioned him. I don't, I don't know if he's a sure thing for this team. Um, if Mickelson's on this team, I'm going to be kind of pissed off. I'm going to be honest with you. He does not. Well, I was going to ask you about Mickelson because he won a major in a Ryder Cup year. So it's like. That's it, it though. That's all he's done this year. I know. I, I, and he, you know, just a couple of years ago, was it in France at Le Golf National where he was like, oh my God, I can't, you know, I can't play these courses anymore. I mean, how can you pick him if you're Steve Stricker? How, how can you consciously pick him at, He's literally done one thing in the last couple of years, and that was obviously a big thing and win, win the PGA Championship, but he's done nothing then. He's, he's sitting at, he's with a major this year. He's sitting 17th place in the standing. So, I mean, that's that should tell you what you need to know right there. Um, I, I want to just include real quickly um, strokes gained for the season, which – I think we have agreed it's a large determinant determining factor of how well you're, you're playing overall. Um, uh, so this is all the categories together. He's 158th on tour this year. He's, he's behind Rob Oppenheim and Bronson Bergoon for the season. Mm. Um, I, the PGA was awesome. It was awesome, but I don't think you should put a guy in the, in, in the Ryder cup for one tournament alone when the large body of work has been really, really subpar. And I just think at this point, he needs to move on to the next phase of his Ryder cup career, which is, you know, being assistant captain to Stricker and look at captaining the, you know, potentially the next team, which is in uh, I think it's in Rome, isn't it? Um, so if Mickelson gets picked, I'm, I'm going to be kind of pissed over a guy like Scheffler or, um, you know, my guy Kokrak or Finau. Um, I, I, again, I, I would, I would err on the side of a guy that can um, hit it long enough at, at whistling straights and also make some putts. And me, Kokrak's been that guy this season, um, that formula exactly. And I also really like Scheffler for this team. So to me, I, if, if, you're talking about the last five picks of Spieth and Automatic. I think it's English, Cantley, um, Scheffler, Kokrak, and then my fifth would be probably right now um, Webb. I, I I'd be good with with that lineup there. I I, I can't put Pat Reed on this team. Um, if, if he earns his way, you know that's fine. I know he's a real good match play player, but Whistling Straits is not going to set up a uh, as good golf course for him. I mean the way to beat 
Patrick Reed is to have, you know, lots of bunkers and, and long rough in the, uh, in the fairways and put every pin on the right side of the green. Cause all he does is hit a kind of a boring draw uh, every single shot. And it's just, that that'll be, you know, he can, he's got the short game to kind of frustrate you, but let's not forget. Let's just not forget what happened in Paris three years ago. He shot like 86 on his own ball in a four, in a four ball match paired with tiger and made tiger apologize to him for not playing well. I mean, cause the golf course was just, <laughs> he wasn't playing well. And the golf course was just too hard for him. Now, you know, let's say he wins or let's say he medals here and, you know, has a good FedEx cup playoffs. I could see, you know, putting him on the team, but you have got to be certain that this guy is going to give you good golf. You can't just have this guy. He's obviously, he's not your, your, your locker room guy that, uh, and, and they've already going to have a little bit of struggles there, but I do like Harris English a lot. That guy's a grinder, um, good putter been a good ball striker all year long. Uh, I think he deserves it. I think he's just ever since he won in Kapalua there, he's played really good because he almost lost his card um, at the end of last season there. So, I mean, the guys really come back there. Pat Cantley, I'm, I'm totally good with, um, would be fine with him. And you said Scheffler? I did, yeah. I just think, I think the complete body of work. Um, he's such well a he- good player. He's just played so well in majors. He he's a good match play player. He finished second at the match play in March. Um, and I guess if you want to really go crazy and maybe for an entertainment factor, Billy Ho would be kind of entertaining. Oh God, yeah, I, that would man, that man, would we, be interesting. That would we, be interesting. We, we would never hear anything the whole week except him just spouting off quotes, you know, like he yeah. does. And, well, okay, so so back to Scotty Scheffler. You know who he kind of reminds me of right now, how he's playing, was Brooks Kepka before Brooks Kepka got good. Um, okay, so Scheffler seems like we both like him. Um, I, I just think also you have to invest in some of these young players um, yeah. for the future. I mean, obviously you've already got a slew of them with Morikawa, Xander, um, JT still young enough. Um, what about some of the pairings? Um I think JT and Spieth is, I mean, you, I think you could almost put them out five matches. Yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, I would definitely just pair those guys together. I mean, I think they're, they're it. Um, Xander and Cantley, they did pretty well over at Royal Melbourne in the uh, President's Cup. They seem like a pretty comfortable pairing there. I actually do kind of love the, uh, a Reed Kepka because Kepka. Oh, oh my God doesn't really care about anything. If he makes a team, I, I don't mind at all. What I don't like is if you get somebody like uh, like DJ and, and, and Brooks, I still think there's just something there. And DJ is just such a hard guy to pair with because I think, I don't know, he's just he's never seemed to have a guy. Maybe, maybe Bryson would be a good partner for him just because they just, yeah. you know, Bryson's so high strung and, and DJ's – you know, the complete opposite there. But I think one guy is if Webb Simpson can end up making the team, uh, you know, if he starts playing better where he can, you know, make, make these matches and everything, he's kind of always gotten the, the he's always gotten shafted. And he's had to play with Pat Reed. He's had to play with Bubba. And, you know, it just seems like, I don't think I've ever actually seen him hit a golf shot in a president's cup or 
uh, Ryder Cup match because they just pair him with with whatever trash that they can find, and they end up he he wins his fair share of matches because they're you know they end up being a pretty good team there. But yeah, you know I just he was, he was great in France. I think he took out Justin Rose uh, yeah in singles when Rose was playing a lot better than he is now. Um, I, I wonder well, like a DJ Kokrak put him with Kokrak. Games are a bit similar. You got Kokrak swaggering around out there. Um, and uh, I don't know. That gotta might have a Hawaiian type shirt though, because right. you gotta have some sort because he plays that dad mode with that big old big old beer belly right there. Uh, and then Morikawa, I'm not I'm not really sure who you'd put him with. Um, that that one's kind of an interesting. I mean, I, I kind of thought Xander or Cantley, but I, I forgot the Xander or Cantley pairing at the president's cup worked so well. Um, I don't know. Maybe if Webb makes it, Webb, Webb and Morikawa might be Harris English. English might be really solid. I think English is a grinder. I think English is a grinder like Morikawa is. And I think those guys can kind of think their way around a golf course. And, you know, I think they could do some damage here. Yeah. Well, definitely a lot remains to be seen as far as, as the team makeup. And we still got a couple events for points and, and the Patrick Reed question, obviously still, is, is a cloud over over the team and so lots to figure out before we get there we'll definitely be talking about that before the Ryder Cup actually starts and monitor that situation but finally we're going to talk about the Olympics um Johnny how interested or invested are you in the Olympics this week specifically for, for golf well I I didn't think that I was and I still may not be but Looking at this field, it's really good. I mean, it's it's got some it's got some good players. Unfortunately, no Bryson uh, because he tested positive for COVID, and as well as John Rahm, same thing. So you're you know you're losing two top top six in the world there. But I, I'm I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna tune in. Um, I'm not super super interested in it because it it it. It's, it's not an exhibition, but it kind of is. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm sure they're going to, they're going to, you know, they're going to ball out. They're going to play hard, but there's going to be some interesting storylines as far as, you know, you know, you know, uh, the, since they're playing for their country, there's no money involved in everything. So it, it'll be interesting. I think I kind of approached the same way um, at, in Rio is I was just like, nah, and then yep. as the week went on, it was like, okay, this is a little bit more interesting to me. I'll, I'll end up tuning in, but you know, it's not going to be, I'm not going to have the same interest as like a major, you know, it might be more of a regular season stop. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. I, I, I to me, it's like, it's like the John Deere classic. Um, I'll, <laughs> I mean, I, you could call it the John Deere, you could call it the Olympics. And to me, it means exactly the same. I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't care if an American wins, really. I, I care if the guy I bet wins. And um, um, the field is really interesting because it's super top heavy. And then there's also like 10 or 20 guys that you've never heard of in your life. And I think the field is only uh, 65. 65. So it's it's got that WGC field, like field, but then it's just not as as deep and as good. But I think it's, I think it's pretty interesting in, in the middle 
Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about the odds real quick and, and maybe a couple of guys you like. Um, we don't def- we definitely don't have to go through it as deeply as we would as a normal event because I think the, the options are much more limited. Um, and first of all, the golf course, I was trying to figure out what type of course this is going to play like. Um, um, and I'm not I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name of the course. Kasamoigaseki. Um, yeah. Just rolled off the tongue, man. Um, yes. So I was I was li- reading some quotes from Tommy Fleetwood, who, who's who's playing, and and he said it, it's it's a bit like Quail Hollow, but it, it also plays a little bit like Harbor Town, where you don't have to hit driver off the tee. Um, and then there's some, also some of the the makeup of and the routing of the trees around a lot of the holes remind them of Riviera. So I, I don't know what that leads us to, um, really. Um, except everything that I've read along with that, it, it indicates strong ball striking this week. Um, and I, I, that's probably where I'll land. It usually is anyways. Um, um, but in, in a field where, you know, the top of the, the, top of the board is so strong, I, I think you just have to look at guys that strike it well and hope they pick up a hot putter. Um, so I, it looks like to me, uh, a lot of the, um, a lot of the same type of bets are offered on DraftKings. There's, you know, win bets, top five, top 10, top 20, there's matchups, nationality props, that kind of stuff. But, um, up at the top, it's, uh, it's Morikawa, the favorite at plus 650, um, Xander at plus 800. Um, Xander, man, just keeps fooling people and his odds just always stay the same and he still never wins. Um, JT plus 1100, Hovland plus 1100. Hideki, Rory, and Casey at plus 12, and Pat Reed under, uh, at plus 1,600. Um, I've got one name that I like – actually, two names that I like there. I, um, it, limited field, right? Um, I always go to Justin Thomas. Um, I, um, you know, people might think I'm, like, related to him in some fashion, like we're cousins. Um, uh but we're not. not. But he seems to really be buying into the Olympic experience this week. Uh, you know, following him on Instagram and Twitter, he seems to really be buying into this a lot. Um, and that means something to me this week. That guy, if, if guys are really buying in, that's why I'm just avoiding Rory at all costs. He, everything he has said, up leading up to it, he says he he doesn't really have that patriotism gene. You know, I think for all intents and purposes, he's basically an American. He's married to an American. Um, he lives here. I think he's become very Americanized. I don't feel like he has any sort of um, allegiance to Northern Ireland. But JT seems to really be embracing this USA thing. Um, and then the other guy is um, Paul Casey. <laughs> this just feels like Paul Casey's never going to win win a major. Never, never fucking wins anything, but. By God, he goes, he's going to win an Olympic gold. That's going to be his claim to fame. Um, he is playing great. He's hitting the ball great this season. Um, I mentioned earlier, second strokes gain approach this season. Um, so Paul Casey at, what, 42 or 43 Olympic gold medal, medalist, that, that's, I think that's a distinct possibility. Who do you got at the top? Yeah. I, I like those picks. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. When, if you're, if you're going to bet this event and for anybody listening, who's going to bet it, you've really got to look at who wants to be there because they're not making any money off this. This is strictly for 
for you know country pride it's for their own you know their own resumes that they can say they added a medal to uh you know to, to the resumes so there's going to be a little bit of uh i think there's going to be guys that are just kind of there for the, the the experience i do like what i've seen from thomas and it is a no-cut event and and i'm sure and i don't know what his record is in no-cut events but JT is really, really good in no kind of that. So I, I do like him at the, the plus 1100. I think he's, I think he's going to be the best finishing American. I don't know what the nationality props is on that. I could easily see him winning a medal though. Um, I, I like, I like what I've heard, like what you just said there. Um, with that being said though, Hideki Matsuyama, um, he had to miss the open championship because he tested positive for COVID I think that helps him because he's rested. Um, I'm not sure if he was symptomatic, so I don't know if his body, you know, if he had to recover or anything like that, but uh, um, he's had a couple weeks off now and this is in Tokyo. Uh, He has actually won. uh, He's won a junior event here at this golf course. Uh, They have an East course and a West course. If they're playing the East course, he won the 2009 Japan junior on this wow. East course. Wow. And then in 2010, he won the Asia Pacific amateur, which was on the other course on the West. Nobody else really has um, much course knowledge. Although Tom Fazio did redo the course back in 2014. So it is changed. Um, but it does, like you said, it does place a premium on ball striking because it's a Tom Fazio course. So that's what his golf courses typically are. Um, is is that type of uh, um, strokes gained um, tee to green and a strokes, strokes gained approach. So those are going to be critical there. So guys I like are, are JT and Hideki. And I, I, I think I'm going to look at Vic Hovland here. He's just, he's going to be lurking. I think this is something that he would actually love and that happy-go-lucky kind of attitude um, that, you know, that, that excitement that he, he can, he can have here. And I think with him being you know, a, a, an excellent ball striker and, and, and good putter, um, you know, I could see him, fit, you know, winning a medal and at that plus 1100, I, I don't mind him at all for, to win a gold. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I, and anytime you're talking about a course that is puts a premium on, on total ball striking, Hovland's definitely at the top of the list. He did play pretty decently at the open, the top 15, I believe. Um, yeah. Uh, what about Pat Reed? It's plus 1600 captain America coming in at the last second. It's going to swoop in and I, I don't see him meddling because I just think it's all a little fast. Um, well, I think that I actually would say because it's fast, he's got a chance to medal, but I don't think his game, uh, is anywhere near where, where he can medal. Now he'll be fully invested and emotionally into it and ready to play, but with him playing and making the cut, um, in Minneapolis here at the 3M, he's going to have a little bit of a shorter week. He's going to, you know, and obviously changing the time zones and whatnot, that maybe it's one of those things to where he just kind of gets in, um, doesn't have time to think about how bad he's putting the ball and maybe, you know, hit some good shots and, and, and make some putts. So will I bet him to, to win a gold? No. Will I bet him to win a, a medal? I still think at like plus, it was probably plus 350 on some of the books or plus 300, to finish top three that even 
puts me off a little bit there. But if he's lurking, though, um, you know, with a couple rounds to go, he might be worth a, a live bet just to see. But he could easily finish 35th as he could fifth yeah. place. Um, Abe answer, uh, Joaquin Neiman, Cam Smith, uh, Shane Lowry, Corey Connors, uh, Tommy Fleetwood, our guy Sanjay. Uh, we'll talk about him and, and Siwu in a second. They're all under plus 3,000 um, in that plus 2,000 range. Um, I've kind of gone back and forth on, on this group. Um, I, I, I almost made a case for almost all of these guys, except for Zayden Hoop. Um, I, I think he's so poor off the tee that'll really cost him this week. But um, I, I really like uh, Neiman. He's he mentioned that this, this is his fifth major. Um, this means a lot to him um, coming from Chile, where uh, you know the Olympics is kind of it's a huge deal. Um, and I I, I kind of think Fleetwood has that same vibe as as. Um, you know, a couple of the guys we talked about, I, it seems like he's been really be, he's really been into it all week. Um, I did see him with the visor, which is a bit of a tough scene. Mm. Um, but, uh, so Fleetwood and Joaquin 2200, 2800 respectively for them. Uh, they, they kind of caught my eye in that range. Uh, and Sunday at plus 28, I think we're hoping that he or C Wu could finish in the top three to avoid the military service. Um, but uh, I don't know if Sanjay's been playing well enough coming in um, uh, to get there. Um, any thoughts on that group? Um, I, I like Gabe Answer um, to to uh, to win and possibly win a gold. He, you know, he's a grinder. We've talked about he he's a guy who's going to play seventy two holes. He's going to play hard for seventy two holes. Um, you know. Um, I do like him. Shane, Shane Lowry plays these tougher golf courses pretty well. Um, played, played okay in his defense of the, uh, the open championship, uh, you know, hung in there a little bit. Could be one of those things uh, where he's got that national pride and everything. And uh, you know, wanting to, to win a medal and play well, this is a good group though. This is, there's a lot of good options here. Um, I, the only guys I would stay away from is Bazaden Hoot and, I don't love Corey Connors either, um, you know, with this type of field here. But uh, but I think you can make your case for just about all these guys here to finish pretty high. Um, and then, yeah, maybe this is Tommy Fleetwood's, you know, kind of where he breaks free and, and, and beats, you know, win, wins an event here, even though it's a, an unofficial one. Um, but, yeah, Sanjay, I don't think I'll bet him. Uh, 2,800 is, uh, is too much for that. At plus 600 on a top five, it does intrigue me a little bit. I think I want to stay away, but I, I, he's one of, the, one of those ones I hope he does finish and win a medal because, you know, so he doesn't have to do the military service because I think he's got big things coming up in, in his career here. So we'll see on those guys. It, you know, you just you can't ever ignore those types of stories with him and, and Siwoo there that they, uh, they might end up, uh, um, you know, have that kind of storybook type of thing where they can, you know, finish high enough and, and avoid, uh, you know, what's what's ends up being a life changing event there and having to join the military. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think that can't be understated for them. I'm, I, I'm rooting for at least one of them to 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 play well, have a chance at that. Um, anyone with longer odds than that at plus three thousand, this is. 
this is where it becomes long shot territory this week. Um, what about your boy, uh, Thomas Peters, uh, plus 7,000? <laughs> not my boy, Thomas Peters, not at all. But I will go in that group, though, that plus. I, I don't see him winning gold, but I could see him finishing top five is Johnny Vegas. Played really good uh, here at the three. You know, things that, uh, you know, he's going to want to bring a medal home. I think his form is pretty good. Um, even in the top, what is it, top 10, he's at plus like 250. I mean, that's that's pretty good for, for that, uh, at that number there. Oh, is it Perea? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, he's been playing pretty good i think he finished what did he finish in 3m he finished top 10 i think top 10 yeah 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 uh, sixth for, place in that so okay yeah plus 600 for top 10 um yeah i mean if you're looking for value weight on the board for a top top 10 that's a decent number i think uh what about um i kind of mac hughes caught my eye a little bit at plus seven thousand. um he, I, worry, I worry about his ball striking. Yeah, I said he's got that speedy and way about him last. That's what we talked about at the open, but um, I, I could see him kind of squeezing in and you know throwing some throwing some good play in this week for a medal. Um, past ten plus ten thousand, um, it's it's not worth talking about. Real, uh, we got Sepp Straka two uh, hundred fifty to one, our guy. Um, yeah, man. There's the bottom is like uh, it, it'd be like Phil Miller playing in, uh, this week. I mean, that's that's what the equivalent is here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this it, it feels like it's going to be a, a top guy or, or a guy that's you know sort of the, that middle middle tier where you know the answers the Neemans uh, Lowry. Um, so we'll see. Any final thoughts? Uh no, just – I mean, stick with uh, – well, okay, yeah. Stick with the higher-end guys there. I mean, I wouldn't go much, anything more than – and but a lot of these guys are going to be grinding out for the top fives. Normally, I'm, I'm against betting top fives because there's a lot of times that you, with dead heat rules that it's it, – you know, you finish tied for fifth, but the, the payout isn't, isn't good due to dead heat rules. But, uh, but these guys are going to want to finish third place. You know, they're going to want a medal. So – you know, if you can find it in, in a book, um, I think a bet MGM has to win a medal, not just top five. So there's, there's different options there and, and shop around and everything like that, but don't get, uh, don't try to find value down the board because these guys, I mean, I can't even pronounce most of them, never heard of most of them that are they're that far below, but it should be pretty interesting to see who shows up and, uh, what kind of, what kind of event we get out of here. I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be, it'd be competitive and hopefully we'll get some excitement on it. Yep. Yep. Uh, I don't have much to add. It's, it's um, I, I hope it turns out to be uh, better than I expect it to be better than the John Deere classic. But um, again, that's, that's kind of where I'm at this week with it. Um, Donnie, thanks for, for joining us. We had a lot to catch up on a lot to talk about. Uh, appreciate your thoughts and uh, you know, Upward and onward, I guess, huh? Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Uh, your best bet on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we'll throw some picks up there on Wednesday of this week before the Olympics start. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. Bye.